five weeks before, if you remember, we started our sermon series called Builders. Can you say Builders? So uh, it is going to be, as I said, it's going to be an eight-week series. So we are in the sixth week right now. And we have two more sermons to go in the coming two weeks. So we are talking about a series, sermon series called Builders. So I believe God has called each one of us to build it. We are all called as builders in the kingdom of God. And even we are called to build our own life. And some of the teachings that we give here, some of the uh, scriptural words that we talk about this morning is going to help you to build your life and build your family. And eventually the kingdom of God. So as we do at the beginning of every sermon in this series, shall we all arise to take the builder's oath as we get that on the screen. Can you read with me? I believe that I'm called to build I believe that I'm called to build on the foundation of God's word on Christ Jesus that is called God's word I'm called to build myself up not to destroy I'm called to build my family not to destroy I'm called to build my marriage not to destroy I'm called to build my church not to destroy I'm called to build my nation not to destroy I'm called to encourage one another and to build each other up i will be faithful to my call to build can you continue to reading continue to read i will i believe okay let i'll help you i believe i will be faithful in, to my call to build i will take all the effort to build even if it requires one requires me to sacrifice my time my effort, my ego, my status, I will still look for opportunities to build others. I will rejoice over seeing other lives being built by me. I will join my fellow builders to build the kingdom of God on this earth without any national, lingual, racial, color, and denominational discriminations. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. So we are doing a sermon series called Builders. Can you say that with me again? Builders. Last week we talked about bridge builders and today as a sixth sermon in this series called builders we are going to talk about ship builders can you say ship builders does it sound good yes so we are all called what ship builders how many of you know how to build a ship here anybody knows any of you yes what kind of ship paper ship yeah, so if you give a piece of paper, piece of paper, is square or rectangle? Now you need to answer me. Square or rectangle? Rectangle? <laughs> okay. I, I used to build with the square one, I guess. Rectangle also maybe work. It's, it's a different ship maybe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> then it works. Okay. So, so we all know how to build ship with the papers, right? So God is calling us to build ship. He is calling us as ship builders. So what are we talking about this, this morning? We are talking about building ships. Ships are built for adverse cities. Do you know that? Ships are built strong enough that it can withstand any kind of adversity. In fact, Albert Einstein, it, it is Albert Einstein and John Shade, they both said the same thing. They said, this is what they said. Can you read with me? A ship is, ship in harbor is safe. But that's not what ships are built for a ship in the harbor it looks amazing majestic it looks amazing but that's not what the ships are built for ships are in fact the cruise ships in the ocean 
they are built in such a way that they can oppose any amount of adversity that comes on them you know you all know cruise ships they carry 3000 4000 5000 passengers you know how how well they are built they are built in such a way that they can handle any adversities that comes on the ocean there are major there are three major adversities that can come to any ship as it cruises number 1 it can either collide or number 2 it can capsize or it can turn over that is possible and number 3 fire you know these are the three major adversities that can come to a ship that is sailing what are those number 1 it can collide are you with me it can collide or number 2 it can capsize or it can overturn or number 3 there can be a fire in the ship so ship when we build ship they need to take care of all these scenarios and see how they can handle in such situation you know what the ocean is an unforgiving environment there is no second chance there is no second chance at all ocean killed thousands and thousands of people due to shipwreck or due to tipping over or due to fire we have history after history if you can just put the next slide titanic famously described as unsinkable unfortunately it sank after colliding against an iceberg during its maiden voyage from southampton england to new york city in the year 1912 on april 14 1912 in our, in, in our ocean, in North Atlantic Ocean, killing around 1,500 hundreds of the 2,200s they were sailing in that ship. It happened 1912. Since the sink of Titanic, you know, shipbuilders, they made extra care, they took extra care, they learned their lessons, and they wanted to build a ship in such a way that it can withstand any adversity. In case of any adversity, after the ships are designed in such a way that, you know, the passage where passengers can evacuate themselves during, through the corridors, if they do evacuation within 20 minutes, the entire ship of 4,000 to 5,000 people, they can evacuate and they can get onto their lifeboats. So much of care has been taken when they built ships. Ships are built with a double bottom to avoid ingress or entry of water and getting into all the other compartments so ships are built in that way they they, they are also they also protect the double bottom will protect them from grounding or from any collision that can happen to a ship the lessons learned from titanic they were also incorporated in the modern ship for example titanic had 16 compartments and on the doors the doors that are used between the 16 compartments they were not watertight but in the modern day ship, for example, we put Ruby Princess on the screen, if you can put the next slide. So here in the Ruby Princess, there are 19 compartments. And you know what? These compartments are water sealed. So even if one portion of the ship collides with something and water enters into one compartment, it is not going to get into the other compartments. That's what exactly happened in Fort Titanic. Water got into one compartment and then it went through the other compartments It filled all the, all, all the 16 compartments, eventually Titanic drowned. So shipbuilders, they take extra care from the lessons learned to ship, build a ship in such a way that they can withstand any adversities. This morning we are talking about building ships. 
An average lifespan of a ship, a cruise ship, is 25 to somewhere between 25 to 35 years, or maybe 40, 40, 40 years maximum. So if you can put the next slide, the MV Astoria is a very old ship, 73-year-old ship. But you know what? That 73 ship, old year old passenger ship, passenger liner is still cruising, still sailing in deep water roads. So ships are made to stay longer. You can imagine a ship traveling through the ocean for 73 years and still alive, still survives. Ships are made to have long lifespan. Can you say lifespan? Ships are also made to handle any adversity. Two things this morning is very important. Ships are made to stay longer. Ships are made to handle any adversities. This morning, I want to talk about the ship, the only one ship I want to talk about is the relationship. Can you say relationship? Relationships that are made to stay longer than they appear today. Especially I want to talk about the relationship in marriage. The relationship in marriage seems to be, is made to stay longer than what it appears today. Marriage is a long-lasting relationship. You can see, ask me, Pastor, how, how come you, you can preach on marriage on Sunday morning service? It's possible. Either you are married already, or you are still, still living in marriage, or you are getting ready for marriage, or you are, or you are not planning for marriage. So whatever it may be, it's still applicable to you. Marriage is a long-lasting relationship. It's lifelong. Shall we read Mark chapter 10 verses 6 through 9? Mark 10 verses 6 through 9. This is what Jesus said. Let's listen what Jesus said. But can you read with me? But from the beginning of the creation, read with me out loud. I don't hear you. God made them male and female. And verse 7, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And verse 8 says, and the two shall become what? One flesh. When they marry, when a husband, when a, when a man marries a wife, woman, and when they start living together, when, when, when the husband leaves his father's house and decides to come and live with his wife, Bible says, Jesus said, they become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. It's a one flesh relationship is what marriage brings in. That doesn't happen in any kind of adultery. That doesn't happen in living together. That doesn't happen in cohabitation. In any other form, it doesn't happen that one flesh Unless you are united in marriage. Verse 9. Therefore what God has joined together. Let not man separate. So it looks like the marriage is a lifelong relationship. And man cannot separate. When once you come into the marriage relationship. Bible doesn't really allow you to separate. Once you come into marriage relationship, nobody else has an authority over you to separate both of you. But, Bible says, the previous scriptures, we don't go there. It says, God allowed divorce because of the hardness of our heart. It's not your problem what you're going through. It's God's problem. God had created us in such a way, at times, you know, because men's heart or women's heart becomes so hard then they are no more able to live together 
and God allowed divorce. But originally marriage is not. That relationship is not built to stay for a short period. It is built to stay longer. Can you say stay longer? And ships are built with so much care and protection. Marriage relationship is made to stay longer. Marriage relationship is, to made, is made to handle any adversities. Marriage relationship is built to stay longer and to stay stronger. If you today, if you come and tell me, Pastor, I'm going through, we are going through this difficulty in our lives. She's not obeying me. Or, you know, forget that she obeyed. He is not obeying me. That's a complaint, right? He is not obeying me. Pastor, can you help me? I would say, before God brought you together, God has already thought of you. And he made your relationship to be longer and stronger. What you are going through is not just something, uh, uh, something abnormal. It is normal. But work it out. You will be able to recover because God's plan is for you to stay longer and stay, stay stronger. So this morning, I'm here to give you five tools. Even if I take a little more, few more minutes, you need to bear with me this morning. Five tools that will help you to build your relationship stronger and longer and to handle any adversities that comes on your way. Number one, can you get that on the screen? Number one, choice. Can you say choice? choice. The person living with you today is your choice. The choice that you made. You cannot blame your parents for that. Or you cannot blame your friends or someone else. It is whose choice? Your choice. It is whose choice? All of our choice? It is whose choice? Whose choice? You are not sure. I understand because you are not sure, right? It, 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 you're true, you're right actually. It was not your choice, you're right. So whose choice? It is my choice. You remember you had the right to say yes or no. But you didn't say that. I don't know why you didn't say. That's your problem. You didn't say for some reason. You didn't say no. You said yes. You said dad, mom, dad. You bring. I don't even see. I will just see only the photo. You send me the photo, I'll come here, land on the previous night of the marriage, and I don't need to see. If you see, I 100% believe. It's whose problem it is. It's not your parents' problem, it is your problem. I'll tell you why. Bible says, who has to find a way for you? God? Who has to find a way? The man has to find a good answer. The man has to find, an, find a wife. Let's read a couple of scriptures. Proverbs 31 verse 10. You need to read very carefully, okay? Not as the previous time. Right now we are reading in a different way. Proverbs 31 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? For he, sorry, for her worth is far above rubies. So who can find a virtuous wife? So we need to find your wife. Wife is not going to come. What you need to do? You need to find your wife. How do you find your wife? Go and knock every door and see whether there is a wife here. You need to find, that simply means, you need to keep your eyes and ears open to them as well as to God and find out, is she the wife for you? For her worth 
is far greater than the worth of rubies. Proverbs 18.22 Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a wife, read with me. He who finds a wife, finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So it is your responsibility and my responsibility to go, no, not now, earlier, right? So it was my responsibility to go and find my wife. It is the same thing with you too. Amplified Bible says virtuous. What does it exactly mean virtuous? It means one who is spiritual. This is a category of find those who are finding wife, those who are finding husbands. What is the category? Number one, those who are spiritual, those who are capable, those who are intelligent, those who have high moral and ethical values. That's what is virtuous. I will ask a question to men here. Did you find your wife according to this word of God? Yes or no? Yes? Okay, only two years and the rest are all saying no. Are you sure? You don't have lunch today. Are you sure? Be careful. Bible says one who is capable. Bible also says you need to be equally partnered with your partner. Now that's why sometimes we take more time. We take more caution to do the right thing. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. What Bible says? Second Corinthians verse chapter 6 verse 14. Do not be. Can you read with me? Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with the lawlessness and what communion has light with the darkness that simply tells you if you know your God you can marry only a man or woman who knows God sometimes we say that pastor I love him so much I can't live I can't live without him I want to marry him but he doesn't believe in God you do it who is responsible you are responsible for that it may work it may not work but Bible clearly says do not be unequally unequally yoked together with unbelievers so what are the qualifications we need to look for you need to be an equal partner right somebody who believes what you believe somebody who believes the values that you system that what you have Secondly, Bible says God-fearing. We are talking about choice that we make. God-fearing. Proverbs 31 verse, verse 30. Can you read with me? Charm is deceitful. Can you get the screen? Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So what are the criteria that we have when you look for your life partner? It says, Bible clearly says charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. It's passing. Look for those who fear the Lord. Amen? Are you with me? Secondly, thirdly, Bible says, you need to get a prudent wife from the Lord. Prudent simply means who's caring, who's thoughtful of, who's very slow to speak. You need to get that kind of wife. That's what Bible says. Proverbs 19.14. Can you read it with me? Proverbs 19.14. Houses and riches are an inheritance from father fathers but a prudent wife is from the lord they don't come from fathers they don't come from parents they from, come from god that's the reason you need to wait upon the lord to find your partner your life partner prudent wife is from the lord who's showing showing care and compassion who's slow to speak and who's process their thoughts before saying they are prudent wife they come from where are you with me they've come from where they come from the lord what is opposite to prudent 
Any idea? Can you help me? Foolish? So, okay, you can say imprudent. We can say unwise, right? So unwise is different from foolish, right? Yes? Are you with me? Unwise, imprudent, or extravagant. If a prudent wife is from the Lord, unwise from wife is from whom? What? If prudent wife is from the Lord, scripture, unprudent wife is imprudent wife is from whom? Not from the Lord, okay? Yeah. Not from the Lord. It's the same, right? Not from the Lord. So you need to find your wife from the Lord. Can you look at your neighbor? Not look at your neighbor. Neighbor, look at your spouse and can you say that you are from the Lord? Can you say that? Are you able to say? No. You won't say that. Right? Because that's true. In the church, you don't want to lie. You're faithful. The Bible says, prudent wife is from the Lord. You know, no, no, if, if you say that now, Pastor, you're too late. You should have come 10 years before, 20 years before to preach the same sermon. You are too late now. Five years. five years? Okay. Yeah, five years. I made a wrong choice, Pastor. You're too late now. You should have come and told me five years before. I would have waited for a prudent wife. You'll have enough trouble today. You can call me. <laughs> now, if you say that, this is what Zig Ziglar says. Can you put that in the screen, the, what he says? You don't have that in the screen? Yeah. The picture? Okay, so I don't see you. You see that. Right, so, so can you read it with me? This is what Zig Ziglar says. If you already think that you don't have the right partner, he says, it's a very, very important message. Can you read it with me? I have no way of knowing whether or not you married the wrong person. But I do know that if you treat the wrong person like the right person, you could well end up having married the right person after all. It is far more important to be the right kind of person than it is to marry the right person. Did you get the message? Even if you think that you don't have the right partner, if you start treating her, treating him as if she or he is the right partner, eventually you will have a right partner. It's not too late. It is your choice. We are talking about the five different safeguards that we can put in place so that what will happen when you find your partner, your life will be blessed. The second, second tool that you need is commitment. Can you say commitment with me? So in order to build a relationship, you both need to be committed with each other. That's very, very important. Going to give some practical tips this morning to you. Otherwise, it's not going to work. You need to come in agreement. That's a problem in most of the families. Let's read a scripture. Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Can you read it with me? Can't you walk together unless they agree? Unless they are agreed. Can't you walk together unless they are agreed? This is true for marriage. Unless you come together in agreement, it's not going to work. As if sh as ships are made so strong to handle any adversity, you and I are made so strong in the Lord to handle any adversity that may come against your family. But you need to apply these tools. You're talking about commitment. None of us agree in everything. None of us agree in everything. Because we all have a different unique style, we all have different experience, we all have different knowledge, we have different exposure to life, different EQ and different IQ, and all these things are different in our lives. 
But when it comes to marriage, you have decided to commit to one another. Are you with me? You have decided, you agreed to commit with one another. There is no option. So in our marriage, for example, I want to talk a little bit about what is happening in our lives. You know, most of the time we have difference of opinions in our lives. She's not like me and I'm not like her. In fact, she's kind of opposite to me. We can easily allow disagreements to mount up in our lives. That's very possible. Because as you see her and me, you know, we are, we are kind of different, differently wired. We are not the same. We are not the same. But you know what? We are purpose driven. We are purpose driven. In each disagreement, we think what is the purpose? Why do we do this? And eventually one of us will come down to agree with one another. We come down in agreement with one another. Otherwise we just leave the topic and move away from there. If not, we can't go together. Thank God for the God is helping us to stay in the ministry together for such a long time. It doesn't mean that we don't have any disagreement. We have. Can you put the next slide? Remember, do you remember the marriage vow? We all forgot, right? We forgotten. What did we say? Can you read with me? Can you read with me? I mean, you can, can you can you tell your wife or tell your husband? I will be, once again, I will be faithful to you in plenty and in want, in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish as long as we both shall live. That's agreement you have taken and I have taken. Our children you are going to take at some point of time in your life. long-lasting relationship as long as we both shall live that is the biblical marriage as long as we both shall live there is no option there there is no option there to quit to build a long-lasting relationship we must stay committed as ships are built to handle any adversity our marriage is designed to handle any adversity you can do it together you can handle it together. Do not get frustrated. Do not just give up. You can do it together. God has already thought of you. God has already thought about your marriage. May it be sickness. May it be my misunderstanding. May it be loss. May it be financial difficulties. Whatever you may be going through. It's all part of it. It is not strange that something is happening to you. But you both must come in agreement. Commit with each other to stay stronger. Can I hear an amen? Louder, amen. You know, that's how God has designed our marriage. Thirdly, the third tool that you need and I need is love. There are different kinds of love that the world is talking about today. But we are talking about the love that builds the marriage relationship. Not going to much detail into it. We need two different kinds of love to build marriage relationship. Number one, we need unconditional love. Can you say unconditional love? Because if I look at her, I don't feel like loving her. Because if I listen to her, I don't feel like loving her. Because the way he, she does things, I don't really feel love, like loving her. That's the time I should be able to show my unconditional love. In spite of the, you doing things that I don't like, I hate, but I still love you. 
The love relationship between husband and wife is related to the love relationship between church and Christ. If Christ looks at the things that we do every day in and out in our lives, he can just say, get lost. I don't want you, I hate you. But Jesus doesn't say that because of his unconditional love upon us. So the same love God is asking us to share with our partner. Second love is sacrificial love. Sacrificial love. When your partner is going through sick time, try to be with her. If she has, she's having sleepless night for eight hours through into the entire night. At least try to be with her at least 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. Just comfort her a little bit. Help her out. Don't go and lie down and snore and sleep when she is struggling. That is a sacrificial life. How much you want to sacrifice your life to care for, the, for your partner. Not for somebody else, but for your partner. Love means the following. Love really doesn't mean that there is no misunderstanding in the family. No, 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 it's not that. Love doesn't mean that you don't have arguments. Love doesn't mean that you don't fight. You do all these things. How many of us do this? Can I hear an amen? Amen? Yeah. Right? We do all these things. They're all part of it. But this is what love means. We at times we misunderstood and we say that, oh, he spoke to me like this. I don't want to speak to him anymore. No, 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 no. That's not the love. That, the love that he has is totally different. You need to understand what love is. If you can put the next slide, if you can read with me together quickly. These are the couple of things that we give. We think it's love. Number one, caring for one another. Do you care for each other? That's how we can show your love respecting each other do you respect one another in your usage in your words in your deeds in your behavior in your silent treatment that you give to her or to him do you respect each other do you share with each other what is happening in your life i want to share everything that i go through in a day time and but then no i beyond a point i'm not able to do it so we we have a whatsapp group we have a family WhatsApp group, so you make sure that you share, you share, share, share what is happening. Do you, you need to have a family WhatsApp, WhatsApp group, so you'll be able to share what is happening during the day. Because at the end of the day, you may or may not get time. Share with one another, feeling each other's pain, because one flesh. How many of us feel that pain when she is going through that pain, he is going through that pain? Considering others' interests. Working together as a team, encouraging the other partner, not putting them down, respecting each other's family members. That's very serious, very sensitive area. The moment you talk about, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. I remember in my... Okay. <laughs> so this is very, very important that you need to respect one another. Number eight, settling down any disagreement, disagreement before going to bed. At the night when you go to bed, first of all, you need to go together to bed. You are not sitting at the lobby and watching TV while she's sleeping. You need to go together and when you go together, that's the time you reconcile. Make sure everything is all right before you go to bed. Who knows what will happen to you in the night at sleep we don't go to go to, we don't want to go to heaven or hell in that way you need to reconcile settle everything in each day do not carry it forward because tomorrow is not ours tomorrow is not ours now let's read the golden rule 
God has given to us. The golden rule that God has given to us, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 23 to 28. Can you read with me? For the husband is head of the wife. Amen. It doesn't even say family, it says wife. Do you believe this scripture? How many of you don't believe this scripture? Can you hear an amen? Okay, so we all believe this, right? So for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. We can't change the order. And he is the savior of the body. Verse 24. Therefore, just as the church, 24, church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Subject, be subjected to what? To whom? To your own. To your own husbands. Submit to your own husbands. We see today women submit to two hundreds of other husbands. But when it comes to own husband, no submission at all. That's not a biblical marriage. Submit to your own husbands and everything. Whether you like it or not, he is the head of the family as Christ is the head of the church. You need to subject yourself. Children, listen to this. Learn this. To your own husbands and everything. If family is not allowing this to happen, the family is not going through this. Even though they are protected, they are allowed to sail in the adversities, their life will be like Titanic. Verse 25, husbands love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That's the love tool number three that we are talking about. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. By the word. So verse, we have one more scripture, two more. 27, that he might sanctify and, sorry, that he might present her to himself as a glorious church. Talking about Christ Jesus, not having spot or wrinkle or, or, or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Verse 28. So husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So we are called to love our wives, and wives are called to obey and submit. And that submission doesn't mean that husband can overpower and overrule. It doesn't mean that. It is a mutual relationship. We need to work together in this marriage. The fourth tool that we want to give you today is forgiving and forgetting. It's a special grace that you and I need from God. In order to build our ship, our relationship, you need this special gift called forgiving and forgetting. We need to possess this attribute. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 31 and 32. Can you read with me? Let all bitterness, read loud, out loud please. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. Clamor simply means long, loud quarreling. Loud quarreling. And evil speaking be put away from you with all malice that is desired to do evil. Verse 32. And be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. If this is true to build a relationship with somebody else, how much true it is to build a relationship with your own partner. God wants us to forget and forgive. Many times, our weakness is blown up just like anything. Many times, 
our good qualities are suppressed by people but our weakness is blown up when people at times when people look at me and they say that you know what pastor you are getting angry too much that's what the complaint they get all often and the whole church knows and the whole world knows now right so pastor you get angry for so short so so soon that's what people look at it even i remember on the other day one family was introducing our church to another family and then they started doing this with a very good intention of they want them to come to church and they said it's a great church here in Halifax and then when you move to Halifax you can go to the church and finally they said the pastor is very strict and moment they heard the word they took a strong decision we are not going to go to the church at all you know that's what happens sometime in your marriage relationship you have many good qualities but what gets picked up some of those ugly things that you did some of those moments that you behaved slightly differently many times i would have taken people to er and then stayed with them overnight in the er many times i would have helped them to move forward many times i would have carried many stuff you know holding my hernia in one hand i would have carried heavy stuff for them but they don't remember all those i'm not saying that you need to remember i'm not saying that's not the point the point is what they will remember is you get somebody's nodding yes you want it you got it so that's what people want to remember people remember that's how we are but the point is we need to look at their good qualities look at your spouse and look at the good qualities in her the talents that god has given her the abilities that god has given her which you don't have and at times we become jealous we become you know jealous of those things that she is holding or he is holding we can't handle it if somebody is praising our spouse you can't handle it that place is supposed to come to me how can she get praised you know you should be in hand in hand and say that come on receive it come on receive it god bless you god bless you because somebody likes you somebody is appreciating you for what you have done that requires a different heart altogether we need the grace of god we human being we have good memories of remembering what the bad things we forget those good things very easily and god is telling us this evening this morning that number four tool that you need to apply in your marriages accepting other partner just as they are that is what is forgiving and forgetting accepting your other partner just as they are and forgetting you know what unforgiving is more dangerous than unforgiving unforgiving is more dangerous than unforgiving at times we think that we are forgiven we have forgiven somebody but you know what if you carry that in your mind that's more dangerous it comes up every discussion it comes up in our lives even in our lives when we sit together and talk things sometimes it comes up that ugly stuff comes up and say that and i'll say that i thought you already forgotten forgiven me how can we talk about it and you know what we will put an end to that there we will not talk anything about it more anymore god has given you ability to handle it our god doesn't remember our sins that's what bible says isaiah 43:25 can you read with me isaiah 43:25 yeah, i even i am he who blots out your transgressions 
for my own sake and I will not remember your sins anymore. When we worship such a God, God expects us to forgive. Number five, tool number five. We need to be united with purpose or like-mindedness. Can you say it with me? United with purpose. Like-mindedness. Can you read a scripture? This is a fifth tool to build our relationship, to grow in unity and to get unity in purpose. Philippians chapter 2 was to Paul writes here to the church in Philippi, he says, fulfill my joy by being what? Like-minded, having the same love, being one, being of one accord, of one mind. You know, that's what God expects in your family and my family, that we should have one mind, like-mindedness. You know, developing like-mindedness will build your relationship. Listen to me for a few more minutes, this is important. You all and I need to develop that like-mindedness in our family. How do we do it? We need to identify the common interests. We need to identify the common desires. That we need to identify the common purpose and focus on those common purposes in your life. Are you with me? There are certain things that commonly you both agree. For example, I can give you some example. Identify those areas where you can work together. Upbringing of children. Both of you would like love to do it. Do it together. You know, maybe sometimes it's you know, caring for your health. You go through a health plan or you want to do exercise together. You want to go for a walk together. Do it together. Or cleaning up the house. Do it together. Sometimes you may be good at gardening. She may be good at gardening. You both like doing it. Identify those like-minded stuff in your family. List them down. Put your efforts together. Put your efforts together. There may be hundreds of other things that you don't come in agreement. Do not fight over that. You may be doing it whatever you can do and what she may be doing it whatever she can do. But you don't fight in those things. The more areas you find to work together in your marriage, that's going to last longer. Ships are made to survive longer duration. Ships are made with higher longevity in mind. And your life and my life, your marriage and my marriage is made with having higher longevity in our lives. There are other areas as I said, we think different. We don't fight over those things. For example, some of those things that I like to do. At times she says, no, 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 you're not doing that. Sometimes when I go beyond the limit and say that, you know, this is what I need to do, this is what I need to help, and this is how I need to do it, and all those things, she says that, no, 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 we'll not do it, we'll not do it. And you know what's, what she does is she puts a seed in my heart to make me think. She won't say that I don't, I want you to stop doing it. But she'll put a seed in my heart and just leave me there. And that starts working in my life. And I will come to an agreement. I'll come to a point and say that, yes, I agree with you. I'll not do it anymore. Sometimes she doesn't, she goes in beyond the way. She sometimes cares for some families and people and pray with them and even fast for them. I said, stop doing all these things. When they are not cooperating with you, you don't need to do it. You don't do it. Stop. And she'll not agree with me immediately. I put the seed and leave her and then she will come back and say that, yes, now I understand why you said that. We need to find out those common identifiers and work together to build our families. Shall we all arise this morning as we close? Some of the final thoughts. So here are the five different tools that we talked about this morning. If you can get that to the screen. Five different tools that we talked about. Number one. Okay, number one, choice. Can you say with me choice? We already talked about it. I can just go through it quickly. Number one, choice. So we need to be careful to make the right choice in our lives. 
Number two, we said commitment. We need to make strong commitment to with each other. We need to have strong commitment. And commitment goes beyond the normal life. Being committed with joy, being committed in sorrow, being committed in sickness, being committed in health and not having health as long as we shall live. Love, we talked about unconditional love, sacrificial love. And fourth thing that we talk about, we should be able to accept one another just as they are. And unforgetfulness is more dangerous than unforgiving. God wants us to forget if we are forgiven once. And we need to unite ourselves in purpose and being like-minded will help us to develop our family life. This morning, shall we close our eyes? God is interested in you building a strong relationship with your life partner.